SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Let's welcome our first A-team guest, Angela Lowe, who's a lead at Greenpeace Af- uh, Africa Pan-African Plastic Project. Angela, my friend, welcome to the show. Hey, Patricia, um, and greetings to all of your listeners. It's actually really cool to finally be on your show. <laughs> We've been speaking about this for a year now. <laughs> well, listen, the time we started speaking about this, do you remember? We were... We were enjoying life. COVID was creeping into South Africa and we were on a cruise ship with our families and it was it was happening. But look at us now. You know what was really funny about that particular cruise was that it was bef- it, it was a cruise after and just before cruise ships that had had COVID on it uh, or cases of COVID. And so we were really lucky. Hey, divine intervention and protection. Well, there's something that we need divinity to act on, and that's the issue of plastics. In South Africa, it seems that uh, non-essential single-use plastics are still a problem for the environment. Take us through the work that you as Greenpeace Africa are doing to ensure that we get to ourselves, that we get to a place as a, as a continent, as a country, where we are rid of single, non-essential single-use plastics. You know, Patricia, I don't think that it's a matter of sort of divine intervention. Uh, (laughs) Our government really, really needs to be a little bit more proactive. Um, What we are starting to see over the past 10 years is that there's been an uptake of single-use plastics to compensate for uh, like a decline in uh, demand for fossil fuels. And so in the past 10 years, there's been the same amount of plastics uh, being produced as uh, the 50 years before that. And so our governments, like 35 of the other African governments that have already put in place plastic bans, needs to follow suit. And that's what we're trying to drive home with the South African government is for them to take a firmer stance and not just, you know, have these regulations, these um, extended producer uh, regulations, um, but also to then couple that with the additional intervention of uh, having a a ban on these non-essential and problematic and even toxic plastics. So we need political will. Where does the government stand right now? Because it seems that the Department of Environment, uh, Environmental Affairs, is trying to have some sort of, you know, intervention but where where are we right now so i mean this uh, development the sort of commitment to um, looking at it from the lens of uh, the extended producer responsibility and the new regulations is definitely uh, with the purpose of trying to reduce the amount of single-use plastic and single-use packaging um, that finds its way into our environment and into our landfills uh, but they have a very heavy focus that we believe is industry steered uh, because it, it focuses on recycling schemes and sort of the end of life use of plastic. So post consumer plastic and what to do with it. And what we're saying to them is that actually, you know, we need to turn off the tap. We need to address the issue at the source. So what we'd like for them to do is to factor in things such as, you know, reduction uh, commitments or even to incentivize corporations that are uh, committing to reuse and to refill schemes instead.
A-teamers, we are talking to Angelo Lowe, who is a lead at the Greenpeace Africa Pan-African Plastic Project. We are looking at uh, what we can or should be doing from government side, um, individuals and also corporate side to either eliminate single use non-essential plastics that are really causing uh, a problem for our environment. And I'm sure there's a lot of you A-teamers who are pro the environment, pro uh, keeping our a country clean and you know ridding ourselves of this so call in on 011-714-2006 maybe you have solutions on what should be done so that we reach a good balance whatsapps go to 0614-104-107 now um, Angela you've spoken about government and what they need to do that we need stricter measures to limit plastics but what then happens to the plastic producing industry what happens to the plastic producing industry then they focus on um, you know, plastic is a very durable substance. Plastic was never meant for this once-off use. Uh, I don't think we've ever called for the complete eradication of plastic, but just the types of plastic or the, the sort of misuse of plastic. Do you understand? Um, there's absolutely no reason for us to invest or to um, produce a product for once-off use uh, that will just be thrown off and, and, and will probably take 500 years to disintegrate. Um and so in terms of the argument that, you know, there'll be job loss or that they'll, they'll have uh, some sort of economic impact, um, not necessarily, but also, yes, we do anticipate the knock, but then it's up, for our, it's up to our decision makers to be innovative um, in job creation in this country. We can't rest on, um, you know, this really old economic model, um, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about fossil fuels also. You know, we need a just transition into sort of newer, greener ways of living. I don't think we really have much of a choice. If you look at the impact that fossil fuels and plastic as a product of fossil fuels um, has on our health, on our environment, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's not even a question that we should be asking about the phase out of these types of things. So I, I suppose then the plastic producing industry would need to um, relook at their operation model and, like you're saying, find ways to, to then, instead of creating single-use plastic, um, then, you know, creating more sustainable ways of utilizing plastic. A, a, a different outlook, but if it's supported well, then this industry will not die out. My concern also comes in when it comes to climate change. Angelo, how bad have these single-use plastics affected our climate and environment? You know, um, a lot of people only ever speak about plastic from the point of view of what is visible in the environment. And so in our communities, when you look around and you see uh, the extent of plastic pollution, people start to become more aware of it. But what people are not aware of is the sort of impact that plastic has at every single phase of its production. So when the fossil fuel is, or when the oil is drilled and the, the, the sort of air pollution that that causes uh, and the uh, knock-on effect of the sort of respiratory illnesses that people who live around, those are generally uh, people of low-income areas. In actual fact, the United Nations released a report where they spoke about how plastic pollution and plastic production disproportionately impacts poorer communities, right? So we're also speaking about how there's a an environmental injustice where poorer communities sort of bear the brunt of this. 
And, um, you know, even in the sort of latter phases of plastic, when people are trying to figure out what to do with the plastic waste, they think of, of ways uh, such as incineration, in recycling, all of these have their own sort of contribution to air pollution in itself. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty toxic. It's a very dangerous substance. And it really impacts us in ways that we can't see right now. And with this increase in the production, it just means a much more dangerous environment for us, for us all. So this, um, you know, back in the day, we were never charged. You go into um, a retail store and you'd get a plastic bag free of charge. In this day and age, we are being charged. Has that not caused people to limit their usage of plastic at all? Listen, I, I, I also just admire the fact that you don't accept those bags anymore. Um, no, you, know, I, you know what, look, it's, it's for the environment, but it's also for my pocket. Oh, yes, it is. And this is the thing. I think that there definitely needs to be a mindset shift in society. I mean, one of the counter arguments to reusable bags is that uh, people seem to think that they're so much more expensive. But in actual, like, people don't really realize that you're going to use this time and time again. So in the, the amount of money that you're spending on that single-use plastic bag could have been invested in a, into a bag that will, that will give you more shelf life. Um, and so we do need a culture away f- that, that shifts away from this once-off-use culture that we've sort of been force-fed by corporations. Because remember, this is their bottom line. This is what they make money on. On. And so, like, they, they, they will sell you just about anything. In terms of the plastic bags, though, um, there are those regulations that exist, but because the plastic bags are still allowed in society, you find that, you know, smaller shops or certain shops won't even charge for those plastic bags and will also use plastic bags that are too thin, that don't meet the requirement um, stipulated in the regulations. And so with the allowance of plastic bags, you'll find that there's room for all of these loopholes of contraband plastic. Um, And what we've seen in countries like Kenya, where there's a a blanket plastic bag, you know, all plastic, it's really helped improve the environment, but it's also kind of helped in the law enforcement of it. So some plastics are contraband plastic bags. I was not even aware of this. Uh, yes, um, there, there's, there's, a, there's a certain thickness that plastic needs to be. And so, um, you know, like sometimes, especially in your spaza shops, especially in like the type of, of, of um, informal uh, trade businesses, you'll find that type of plastic. So could this be, uh, for those who are utilizing these sort of uh, contraband plastics, could they be penalized? Are they aware that these plastics are contraband? Because I was not aware. I, I pretty much feel like the actual retailers would be aware of that. <laughs> uh, but again, if you look at this, it's um, your smaller businesses who will opt to buy the cheaper plastic, right? And somebody's producing that cheaper plastic. Um, and these are big corporations and big, um, even syndicates that are, uh, are pushing this type of plastic into the, the smaller business. So do you really hold the small business owner accountable for that? Or do you make it so that the laws and regulations um, really don't leave room for those sort of bigger businesses to operate? Or to continue to do this. Sure. 
Angela, we've looked at uh, the responsibility of uh, government when it comes to single-use plastics. We've looked at the responsibility of the producers. And uh, now, what is the responsibility of the individual? I mean, you talked about mind shifts change when it comes to using plastics. How do we get us as individual citizens to participate correctly when it comes to um, our environment? To be completely honest with you, and I think that, um, you know, there's currently a process for um, a call to, um, sorry, but it was a call for comment. And it, the process ends tomorrow, uh, or the, the, the sort of the deadline for this is tomorrow because they'd like to go, uh, they'd like to actually um, implement or start implementing these regulations on the, the 5th of May. And I think one of the biggest sort of almost meaningful thing that we can do uh, in this democracy that we live in is to be part of these processes, to have our voices count. So far, uh, through a mechanism on our website, we've seen 4,000 people make submissions to the Department of Environment, Forestry and Fisheries, which is why they met with us earlier this week. And so I don't think that people should really undermine the say that they have as individual citizens and becoming part of the democratic process, because our... Our sort of responsibility, it lies beyond just voting. Well, we do have a responsibility to keeping our environment safe and clean. Could you give us that uh, website so we can participate as well? So if if anybody would like to make a submission, and tomorrow is the deadline, uh, please go to uh, greenpeace.org. Uh, and it will automatically take you to the African page. And if not, you could also search for Greenpeace Africa on our Facebook page, on Twitter, and there will be links to the form as well. Excellent. Angelo, thank you so very much, and uh, more strength to your bow on the work that you're doing for our environment. Thanks a lot, Patricia, and thank you for giving us the platform.